Shall we read a poem from a light in the attic? Hello all and welcome to the Shall We Read a Poem. I'm Russ. And I'm Lauren. You're riding bikes. I have been. I am not at the moment, though. It would be hard to ride a bike and do a podcast at the same time. What is Pedalpalooza? So, Pedalpalooza is a summer-long bike festival. It started in 2002, so this is its 20th year. And it also started as a one-week bike festival, and then I think it became like a three-week bike festival, and then the pandemic happened, and then they were like, ah, screw it all summer long, so that we're not... Trying to fit everybody into these massive bike rides anymore. And the entire summer remains. Right, yes. We had the kickoff ride on the first day of June, which was a Wednesday. Ah, yes. Here in sunny Vancouver on the first day of June, I finally removed my coat for the first time in 2022. It was a beautiful day in Portland, too. Well, what are we talking about today? This is Mr. Smeds and Mr. Spats. Mr. Spatz had 21 hats, and none of them were the same. And Mr. Smeds had 21 heads, and only one hat to his name. Now, when Mr. Smeds met Mr. Spatz, they talked of the buying and selling of hats. And Mr. Spatz bought Mr. Smeds's hat. Did you ever hear anything crazier than that? And the picture is a short man with a trench coat and boots. And he is wearing, I mean, I didn't count them all, but I th- probably did when I was a kid as a practice Several counting. Several hats. Yeah, I assume it's 21 hats. And I'm sure I counted them as a kid. Uh, and he is approaching this very gangly looking person who is also wearing a trench coat and this person is a very long neck with what I assume is 21 heads. And the topmost head has a hat. And they're walking towards each other in front of a cityscape. It's funny just how many of Shell's poems like function almost as anti-jokes. Where the ending of this is so silly that it almost needs to be story told. Just to de- deliver the lack of a punchline. How would you tell it? This is a Tom Waits song. All right, go for it. Mr. Spatz had 21 hats, and none of them were the same. Mr. Smeds had 21 heads, and only one hat to his name. (laughs) Keep going. Oh, God, I have to do the whole thing. Oh, yeah, no, you have to do the whole thing. I don't even know why we bother have to me read anything, because they're <laughs> clearly so much better at this. Keep going. No. Now, when Mr. Smeds met Mr. Spatz, they talked of the buying and selling of hats. And Mr. Spatz bought Mr. Smeds's hat. Did you ever hear anything crazier than that? We should just have you read every poem. It's just... (laughs) So what do you think the joke or meaning behind this poem is? Theater of the absurd. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the reason I chose this poem today was my neighborhood is doing a neighborhood-wide yard sale. 
And Tell me all about a neighborhood-wide yard sale. Well, people sign up, and then you get put on a map, and then people come, and they, you know, know that there are going to be a lot of yard sales here, so there would be more people than normally would come to a yard sale. And it's supposed to rain all day long. <laughs> okay. So I my enthusiasm, enthusiasm for it is waning, but I'm, I'm trying to participate this year, and I was like... Oh, I don't really have that much stuff I want to get rid of. And then because I had occasionally liked to dabble in resale, I looked through some boxes of stuff and I was like, oh my God, I have so much shit. What? I am so hum- I'm so embarrassed for myself. Oh my God. Time to Marie Kondo this place. Yeah, no, but that's the thing is I have a hard time getting rid of stuff. My 23 in me is pretty high in neanderthal genes and there's one neanderthal <laughs> gene in particular that is described as is it called the hoarding gene no it's politer than that it is described as a variant associated with having difficulty discarding rarely used possessions yeah that that's what that's that's what hoarding behavior is yeah but apparently i'm genetically predisposed to it and you've been to my house you know that i at least hide it well yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like an episode of Hoarders. It's no. it's not like a curiosity. It's perfect. It's it's a house. It's it looks normal to me. Right, right. I hide it well. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the attic. The, the attic and basement aren't truly empty, are they? They're just oh, rammed. With well, the stuff. no, the attic is definitely empty and creepy. The basement is crammed. Just rammed with stuff. But I mean, there you no. can get to the breaker box, and that's the important thing. <laughs> There's still a path through the kitchen. You you can walk through it. You know my kitchen is only full of it's it's fine. Kitchen is fine. It just has it has a lot of food in it. I which is fine. Well, food comes in big quotey fingers sometimes. I mean, no. I mean, part of my hoarder issue is that I just have like a ton of dried beans and stuff. Lauren's emergency recipes. What did you what what did you make today? Well, the, the well, I was trying to make a casserole, but it burned, so it came out a bean loaf, and I soaked it in aminos. I would do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, it was always my understanding that the purpose of a yard sale was to declutter and get rid of stuff. Right now, what what it sounds like is going to happen is all the neighborhood is going to come out, just exchange their clutter, and then return it back to the house, having made no net loss or gain. Exactly. And in past okay. years, I have just purchased stuff rather than selling things, and so that's why I liked this poem about somebody with too many hats being like, "Ah, yes, I will take one more hat, please," because one more I would, hat, please. I would much rather go around buying other people's shit than selling the shit that I. I don't use. So are you attracted to any products in particular? Uh, So mostly jewelry because I love buying like bulk junk jewelry and going through it and finding like the one or two pieces that are gold or silver. Okay. But then I end up with all this jewelry that isn't. I was going to say, what becomes of the rest? Well, now now I have to offload it. So there's that. That's primarily what I'm getting rid of. There are some clothes too that don't fit anymore, or that I got, or that I grabbed at one point, being like, "This will be worth reselling." And now I'm like, "Fuck! I hate doing that. I hate selling clothing." This is just another job. Yeah, I've downsized and moved ridiculously so much in my life that 
I don't really, I don't have much stuff. Right, but I own a house. I remember yeah, when I was moving into this house, I was fretting over whether or not to bring my typewriter that I rarely used. And my friend had a point. He said, Lauren, you're buying a house. You could have a room of typewriters if you want. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does not seem like a helpful statement for no. someone with your propensity. No, it's not at all. I do not have a room of ty- typewriters in case anyone's He's curious. Right. I could have a room of typewriters. But I could. This isn't the first time we've talked about collecting because this isn't yeah. the first time. We had Hector the Collector. Yeah, we had Hector the, the Collector. Whenever we're about to do an episode, I like to look up the poem Mm. that I'm going to read to see what other people have said about it. Mm. And I came across this one thing that put a completely different spin on it. Oh, goody. There was somebody at one point was doing a blog called consolationsofliterature.blogspot.com. The Lee Shore. And so this person has a picture of Mr. Smeds and Mr. Spatz the poem with illustration it's an open book and then underneath this person has put from the wikipedia's great famine of ireland article so food exports from ireland actually there was more food exports during the the famine than you would expect so the problem in ireland was not the lack of food which was plentiful but the price of it which was beyond reach of the poor Mm. so in this case maybe the issue is not that Mr. Smeds and Mr. Spatz saw each other and one was like, eh, I don't actually need want a hat very much. And the other guy was like, I love hats. I must have all the hats. Maybe <laughs> what happened here is that the one with all the hats is just greedy as hell. And the one with that had the one hat, that was all he could afford. Greedy one bought the hat off of the one that needed more hats because he needed the money. I was thinking houses. Ooh. Housing. Investors buying up all the houses and then people having nowhere to live. Mr. Smeds had 21 summer properties. And then he rents it out to Mr. Spatz at a price that is way more than a third of his income. But he charges Mr. Spatz for uh, 21 occupants. Ah, yeah. Clever mark. Capitalism by Shel Silverstein. Yeah. All right, Russ, please take away this so that I am not blustery and anxious and tripping over myself anymore. Well, I am doing superstitious. All right. If you are superstitious, you'll never step on cracks. When you see a ladder, you will never walk beneath it. And if you ever spill some salt, you'll throw some across your back and carry around a rabbit's foot just in case you need it. You'll pick up any pin that you find lying on the ground and never, never, ever throw your hat upon the bed or open an umbrella when you are in the house. You'll bite your tongue each time you say a thing you shouldn't have said. You'll hold your breath and cross your fingers walking by a graveyard. And number 13's never gonna do you any good. Black cats will all look vicious if you're superstitious. But I'm not superstitious. Knock on wood. I picked it because I like superstitions. Oh, oh there's an illustration. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a hand doing the cross fingers thing, but the fingers are wrapped 
crazily around one another like a winding staircase. You would think at some point it would negate itself. You'd think. Yeah, like a double negative. But, but coincidentally, once you get up to 13 revolutions of the fingers, that's lucky again. I like black cats. They're the best. No. Um Have you seen my black kitten? I don't think my so. My foster kitten? Well, he started out very mean. And there's a great video of him on my Instagram swatting at me and spitting. He's he's good now, though. He's good. Yeah, he good. lets me cuddle him. He's very purry. But I need someone to adopt him so I can work on the Siamese from hell. I was going to say, this isn't the very spicy no. one. Well, I know why this popped into my head, because I was reading some tweets by a particular artist that I follow, and they they usually have pretty good social takes on things, and I was reading one by them this morning. And I'm not going to use the name because I'll, I'll keep this vague because I'm about to be critical. But they were giving uh, advice to al- like straight allies during Pride Month about you know, occupying queer space and not making it about you. And, you know, just good sage stuff. Then the very next tweet was about Mercury and being in retrograde or not being in retrograde anymore. Anytime, like, bizarre, nonsense spiritualism stuff gets involved, I always get confused. That coupled with an article I saw in uh, the Vancouver Sun. This is a, it's from a while back, but I had just run across it in a Reddit article or something. Where, if you get into, like, a skyscraper in the United States, there's no 13th floor, right? It just goes from 12 to 14. It depends. Why? Because it's a spooky number? Like, that's dumb. There's no reason to eliminate a floor just because it's... I, I, I don't know, like, like, like the story there. Well, maybe they but, find, found that people wouldn't rent out that space. But why? Because it's a number. Like the, like, like, the whole this is unlucky doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it doesn't jive in my brain. So, Vancouver, a new building ordinances require floors 4, 13, 14, and 24. Because for many Asian cultures, four is an unlucky number. And so they would skip the fourth floor. So, uh, and uh, the, the logic behind it was, you know, if you don't have a fourth floor, it might screw up first responders or something like that. Also, it's dumb. But then, of course, I had to examine myself. And it's like, so what weird stuff do you do just because you've always done it? And mine are knocking on wood and throwing salt over my shoulder. Huh, I didn't know you did any of that. Yeah, knock on wood is the one I use most often, and I almost always throw salt over my shoulder, like, you know, if you spill some while you're cooking. Then looking into the origins of those, lots of countries have knock on wood. This is from Google Arts and Culture, and it's the origins of superstitions. So this one is knocking on wood, probably Indo-European, Celtic, or maybe British in origin. The actual origins and meanings of this phrase are as varied as the cultures that use it. Possibly influenced by the belief that spirits, good and bad, resided in trees who could be called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home. And then Christians linked it up with the power of the crucifix. But depending on the country, in Italy, you touch steel rather than wood. If it's Poland, it has the wood must be unpainted. Uh, people from Turkey always knock twice, and in Latin America, it's knock on wood, but wood that has no legs, so like tables and chairs are out. Okay. Then there is the throwing salt, which probably has Christian origins. 
in the uh, going along with the belief that the devil is associated with the left hand or sinister side. Mm. And I'm quoting here, in uh, Da Vinci's The Last Supper, Jesus' betrayer is portrayed as having accidentally spilled salt since Judas was associated with doing something bad. The argument goes that ipso facto, so was salt, and throwing it over your shoulder would blind the devil who was waiting there. Oh, interesting. Um, However, it goes back even further than that. Probably, particularly to the Romans, the sheer value of salt alone would lead to the belief that if you spilled some, it would incur bad fortune, and so you had to pay a penance to keep more bad things from happening. And that penance is more of the thing you wasted. Correct. Like, like here's here's the angel share, such as it is. I don't have any actions that I take. I do have verbal things that I say, like, well, pretty much the only one I can think of is if I say something that seems particularly lucky or fortunate, I'll say something, well, like, well, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but, or, well, it is right now, but who knows? And so I will hedge my fortune on believing in the possibility of misfortune and... Not that that really will do anything, but I do it anyway. Uh, but uh, physical actions, I don't think I have any. And it's funny that we're just not, even me, who it's like, I'll, I'll call out that behavior in others, and it's like, wait a minute, you do exactly the same thing. Just the, the weird magical belief thinking that we can influence anything through our actions. Right, right. Yeah, either that we can cause misfortune to ourselves just by talking about our good fortune, or that an action can ward off bad things. I'm going to need to consciously deprogram myself of that. I need no one having ammunition against me. Why would that be valuable ammunition, Russ? No, it would. Because then I'm not allowed to call out people talking about Mercury being in retrograde anymore. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, what is the feeling you get when when you need to knock on wood or throw salt? It's it's the exact same one that you get when you say, I better not jinx it. Right. And so, like, right. that's especially the knock for knocking wood on wood. That's the yeah. That's a, that's what knock on wood means. Some people just say knock on wood rather than doing it. I I both say it and do it. Mm-hmm. I will also yeah. use my head if no wood is available. The throwing of salt got a whole lot easier when I switched to MSG. <laughs> now I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I guess you'll have enough sodium that way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's God. Everything's full of sodium these days. That's true. I drink so much soy sauce. Mm. <laughs> I like how I phrase glug. that as though I'm downing shots of soy glug. sauce. Glug, 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 glug. Ah, refreshing on a hot summer day. <laughs> nice glass of soy sauce. Gross. <laughs> Gross. I once visited a, um, I don't know, what would you call it? A vintner and oiler. It was a store that sold um, olive oil and vinegar. Uh, it yes. was a specialty store. Yes, there are many of those. This one came with tiny shot glasses. Ah, uh, yes. So you can so you could them. go around taking samples mm-hmm. and doing shots of olive oil, which was hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just line up, line them up at the bar. Yeah, doing a shot of vinegar is fine. Doing a shot of oil is like, ooh, it's a, it goes down too smooth. Yeah. <laughs> we have sashayed past smooth. We are well on to slippery. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And there you go, taking the Lord's name in vain. Which isn't what that means, no, yes, I know. Yeah, I just learned that it means something like you shouldn't use God or the Lord to justify unjust things or something like that. Bingo. 
Those turns of phrase are interesting. Like the customer is always right. That's not what that means. Nope. The customer is always right in matters of taste. So if they look like an idiot, you go ahead and encourage them to look like an idiot. Exactly. Well, do you have any any up? Do you have any uplifting thoughts it's for contagious. our listeners? Contagious. We're both tripping over everything. It's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> if only podcasting was a visual medium. <laughs> so I could throw up this look of anxious despair. <laughs> name a woman for a dollar. Name a woman. <laughs> um. It's so funny how how our brains do that. You put someone under any amount of pressure, and w- when I was younger, I developed a coping mechanism because my stammer was so bad. Well, it still is, but the the thing was, I just always had a ready thing. Mm. It's like I, I I would have just a thing that. People would say this. I would cue that up and just say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was always something kind of irritating. Mm. Oh, how's your day going? And I say another day in paradise. Right, right, right. Because that trips off the tongue. I don't have to worry about stuttering. So, Russ, do you have any uplifting thoughts for us? It was raining hard this morning, and now it's not raining hard anymore. And that's not an uplifting thought. That's just a thing. But it's just, uh, yeah. here's, what, here's what fell out. Blip. That could also be considered gray rocking. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my uplifting thought is that I started out with these extremely vicious, spicy foster kittens, and they were, yeah, wow, they would like lunge at you with teeth and claws, and two of them have been adopted, and they're doing well, and one of them is super cool, is yeah, he's ready, and his sister is not, she's still terrible, but I'm so close, I'm so close to being done with this project and having three if not hope and hopefully four happy kittens and happy homes yay yay good deeds done <laughs> <laughs>